and you want to be almost like the concierge of your industry, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be not just the person who knows everybody, but right. that makes you stand out, right? That gives you a unique competitive advantage that the next guy down the street doesn't have. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte. I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about marketing in another country or several countries because things can get complicated. So we brought back special guest Kevin Walters from Costa Rica Investment Properties. Say hi, Kevin. Hi there. And we brought back Scott Burson because Scott lives down there and he's a marketing guy, so he knows what's going on. Say hi, Scott. Hey, what's up? So we're also going to do something at the end of today's podcast, just so I don't forget to do this. Um, we're going to answer some questions that have been sent to us outside of the podcast. So listen after we're done with the normal podcast so you can listen to the answers to some of those questions. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. First, Kevin, why don't you tell everyone for that didn't listen to the last episode who you are, what you do? Well, maybe we should just go back and have them listen to the last episode. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> Hi there, Kevin Walters here. Uh, you're talking to us from Mahaco, Costa Rica, probably one of Central America's leading tourist destinations right now. It's been a blip on the radar for probably the last five years, but it's starting to gain a lot of strong force right now. I have a, a background in real estate from March 2006 and have been working with international investors buying properties overseas since March 2009. And now we're down here trying to replicate some of the things that we were doing with the Australian clients, purchasing in the United States. And now we're having a lot of North Americans and even some followers that I've had from Australia come down here and start looking at property in Costa Rica as well. When you're marketing over borders, do you find that people are more difficult to reach? Uh, Is it tougher to get leads and prospects? Or are you finding that with the way the world works today, it's just about the same? Yeah. In the past, it was difficult because not everyone had everything at the touch of a button, but social media platforms are are helping things out. Instagram for me is growing moment by moment. And that's really what's helping me out. That's getting me a lot of trust with uh, actually my referral based people. And just as I was talking to Scott earlier this morning, I am going to be going much more aggressive with my YouTube. Why I haven't been more aggressive. And I actually think that's the best way to earn trust from people. Uh, that I'm a real person, but why I have not been as aggressive. First thing is, it's a little intimidating for me sometimes. So I want to make sure that I'm doing the, the right keywords that I'm putting in, SEO content, things like that, which you guys are helping me out with, but SEO, thanks. But then also the other thing is I've been extremely busy this high season. Our high season is pretty much from December through until uh, Easter We've just been so busy with clients coming in and then with the radio show going on now, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. It's it's time for me to reshift what I do in the morning. So instead of waking up and seeing how many people have and Scott will tell you, I wake up at ridiculous early times and checking to see what's going on in the world, what's going on in my real estate market and checking emails anywhere from 430 to five o'clock in the morning. So I need to reevaluate that, get on those and then start doing some content to reach out towards the people that are asking those questions. So that kind of segues into another question. How do you deal with time zones? It sounds like you're up all the time because your radio chart is in the evening, right? On Fridays. Yeah, the the Friday radio show. 
Yeah, sometimes it could be self-induced by one or two many red wines the night before getting some sleep. But uh, regardless, still am getting up 4.30 or 5. A late morning would be 5.30. Knowing when the Australians wake up, one thing is we're, we're talking about marketing, marketing overseas. What I'm trying to do is right when I get up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I have an idea the night before what I'm going to be putting on my Instagram or my Facebook pages. That time I already know that the Australians are just starting to wind down, go to sleep. And then by that time, the people on the East Coast are going to start seeing things that I'm putting up at their seven or eight o'clock in the morning. For me to put something on social media, it's really good for me to do it between five and six o'clock in the morning. As far as communication with those people, we know what time zones are. You can Google it. You can ask Siri, whatever it may be. And then I let my clients know I'm in between six o'clock in the morning and probably about five o'clock at night when I'm really taking phone calls and having consultations. Will I do it afterwards? Yeah, but I've got to have some, a few minutes of time for myself. Do you find that people are communicating through one specific app like WhatsApp or is it kind of everything? Well, I, I'll tell you what, the, the main thing for myself pretty much everybody in the world uses whatsapp with the exception of the united states and china i've got a lot of people even in canada that are using it but once they come down here and they see how it's like any other application it can be a little bit confusing at first and the majority of the people that are purchasing property from me are close to being retired or already retirees so they might get a little um intimidated by something new but once i let them know that it's very easy to use they're all over it so WhatsApp is the best form of communication for me. So I know that like in the United States, especially Messenger is still pretty big. Same with a lot of Canada. It's still pretty big on Messenger. Text messaging seems to be kind of on the slide here. It's, people still use it all the time, but you know some of the other programs. And I have seen some people in WhatsApp, some people using Snapchat, things like that. So there's a little bit of a distributed kind of messaging service here. But there are some people getting on WhatsApp, especially people who have relatives or friends in other countries are using WhatsApp. So they're using WhatsApp to talk to them, but maybe they use Messenger to talk to like people here. And I see from our customers, like my real estate related customers are almost always on Messenger, but my other different industry clients are generally people who will either, you know, talk to us through email or on the phone or through text message. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of seems to be a shift there depending upon the industry. So with, with dealing with different cultures, you're dealing with countries all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult to navigate the um, cultural sensitivities? Because some cultures, you know, men and women that aren't married just don't talk. And there are a lot of different things that you need to worry about. Do you find it difficult to deal with those or are those something that just kind of come naturally? Thankfully, doing this for a long time, it's come naturally. But when I first started doing this, I would just raise my hands. I'm like, am I dealing with you, Mrs. Jones, or with you, Mr. Jones? Obviously, I wasn't saying that. That was just going through my mind. As we know, not to be sexist, most of the time, the the women are making a lot of those decisions. My clients are very mixed. I've got a lot of single men, single women, married, divorcees, retirees. So my client base is very mixed and coming from different parts of the world now. As we discussed before, I've got now client bases coming in from Australia, Canada, the United States, and now with the direct trips from France, Germany, the UK, and Spain, I'm getting a lot more of uh, European clients as well. And do you find that some terms that you use end up misconstrued by one party or another? Or yeah, do you obviously they, they can be, and we usually kind of joke our way through it and work through it. 
But that brings me into, as you say, the, the, the lead-in or the segue into purchasing a property here in Costa Rica. We do have contracts in English and we have contracts in Spanish by the same lawyer. So the translation is done appropriately. From there, a property is going to be registered under Costa Rican law. So it will be registered in Spanish. So what we want to make sure is if you are reading it in English, know that you've got a good lawyer and it's going to be translated in Spanish the, the same way. We make sure that our lawyers with the property that we're working with, he or she is automatically, once they put it in Spanish, they have it translated in, in English right away. So that's where we alleviate a lot of those problems on paper. But as far as just overall communication, yeah, that, that's going to happen sometimes. But I said, we just, we just joke our way through it and understand the differences you said you have your own lawyer down there. If I'm interested in buying a property in Costa Rica, do I need to find my own lawyers and everything like that? Or is that something that you have kind of on hand if, if I don't have any of those things? Yeah, thankfully you do not. Uh, we've done all the research and we have preferred lawyers. So I don't want to put just you onto one lawyer. I want to give you the opportunity to talk to these couple of different lawyers. Some people say, just whoever you suggest is fine. Anyone that I've vented out is going to be of good quality. The majority of them have done some sort of schooling in the United States and obviously speak perfect English. But we do have preferred lawyers, preferred CPAs, preferred bankers, preferred property managers. I don't want to narrow it down just to one for the client. I want them to feel like, not everyone's here in bed together because in that way you could lose a little bit of trust. But once they know that there's a couple of different opportunities, then it puts them at ease a little bit more. There's a thing about, we talked a lot in the last episode about building trust with clients. And one thing about building trust is that sort of vetting process, right? That you vetted all your vendors in advance and then you have separate ones that don't work together, right? So they can't be, you know, uh, in cahoots with each other or something like that, right? So that is going to be another factor that you can use to build trust. And you want to be in any industry, especially in the real estate industry, but even in just about any other industry, you want to be the go-to person who knows all the people related to your industry, right? If somebody in like my HOA group for the neighborhood, if they say, I have a problem with blank. Can you recommend someone? I can always recommend someone. There has not been a case where there's something has come up that I don't know somebody for it. And that comes from not just knowing your industry, but from networking and going out there and vetting those professionals in advance so that when you do hand off a client to someone, you know that they're going to get treated well and that they're going to get treated fairly. And that reflects on your you know, how much trust that you have is on the experiences that your clients have with people that you've referred them to. Correct. And before we even launched Costa Rica Investment Properties, we wanted to make sure that we had all of those people in place. Now, some come and go, and sometimes they evolve. You find someone a little bit stronger in one field or a little bit weaker in another field. But we wanted to make sure that we had those opportunities for clients right away. As soon as they started asking questions, where do we go for this? Uh, I don't have that set up yet. Well, then you lose the trust factor or the client loses the trust factor. So we make sure that everything was set up prior to launching the site. Going on within the next week to 10 days on our services tab, there'll be services for CPA, lawyers, property managers. Instead of just making the introduction and saying that we have those people, we are going to have a consultations video 
and YouTube videos talking to those people, answering some FAQs that we know that clients are going to ask so they can see me with the preferred lawyer or lawyers, with the preferred banker, with the preferred homeowner's insurance, or even if you're going to be staying down here longer, health insurance, which, yes, we do have Blue Cross Blue Shield down here as well. Right. And you want to be almost like the concierge of your industry, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be not just the person who knows everybody, but that makes you stand out, right? That gives you a unique competitive advantage that the next guy down the street doesn't have, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that advantage, even though they could follow you and try and do what you're doing, when you've already done it and you've already started it, it's really hard to play catch up after the fact, right? So when you're the industry leader, for your area and you're the go-to person. And, you know, in this case, you're the go-to guy for all those things that somebody needs if they're going to do investment property. Right. And you have vetted all these things, you know, how they can set up a corporation, they can buy their property, they Mm -hmm. can get the legal documents translated, they can get them reviewed. You've got your CPAs, you've got all the other things they need to take care of these things, property management and all that stuff, right? When they go to somebody else and somebody else is like, yeah, this property is X dollars and it's two bedrooms and one bath and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I have the whole system. It's obvious they're going to use you versus somebody else, right? That's 100% correct. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. So I don't care what industry you're in. If you're in any service-based industry, if you have all of the, the local rock stars in each thing that somebody needs when they come to you, if you're the plumber and... Uh, we always use plumber. God forbid we have an episode that we don't talk about plumbing. So <laughs> we almost made the, it. Right. If you're the plumber in your area and the person you're talking to says, oh, I want to get new cabinets for my kitchen, you should know the best cabinet guy, right? right? You should know the painter or the guy who can refinish the wood or the flooring person or whoever it is, right? All these related contractors to your business because then – they get their cabinets done, and then the cabinet guy is going to send you referral business in the future because you're referring him out. And then also the person is going to be happy with your work and the work of the person you refer, which means they're going to refer people to you when somebody else they know needs the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. referral business. That's what we are in. So we got a question along those lines. If somewhere were to start a business, like I'm not competing with you, right? But if they wanted to start a business selling anything worldwide or across borders or anything like that, do you have any advice for them on where they should start or what they should do first to well, get that ball rolling? Yeah, my, my first suggestion would be do it yourself. If it's going to be in the shipping business, ship something yourself. See how easy or difficult it is. Find out what the taxes are going to be that you're going to have to pay on an import or export first. Make sure that you get all your pieces of the puzzle put together, that you do it. You go through all the hard yards. For me, setting up a bank account. It was very painful, but now I know where to go to set up a bank account. It's easier because of relationships that I have here. That way it will get... For my clients, they'll have that same relationship manager through myself with that bank manager. But trial and error, learning it, not getting frustrated. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's so slow to get things done there in Costa Rica. No, it's not. Follow, follow the steps. Some things are a little bit more painful. A bank account setting up is more painful, and they ask for a lot more paperwork. It's not because they're trying to not have you come in, but it's for anti-money laundering. They want to make sure that that's not happening. So respect what it is. It's kind of like on the airplane. Oh, I know there's not going to be any turbulence, but they still tell you, please make sure that you keep your seatbelt fastened. So it's, it's right. a protective clause. Scott, do you have any questions or do you have anything to add? Like what, what's a day in the life of Scott? for uh, Chris day in the life of Scott is I usually wake up pretty early here too. No alarm. I'm usually waking up about 530. 
hop online. I mean, obviously, I'm working remote from the rest of you, so hopping online, doing what I do, and then I'll uh, hit the gym with Kevin. But mostly it's meeting people. Every day there's someone coming through town. I'm meeting them. I tell them what we do. And a lot of them are from the States, and so they'll come back around like, oh, well, you can help me with my business back there. And then I tell them what Kevin does and uh, give his contact info. But, you know, Kevin does know everybody. And and even if they're only here, they have no interest in investing in property, but they want to go to, you know, Tortuga Island, a great little tour. I'm like, well, book it with Kevin because Kevin knows the people. He can get you a discount. And they build a relationship and these people come back around and when they realize it is a great place to be they start becoming more interested because a lot of people they have that mentality like hey it's great to go to the beach but you know there's nothing else there for me and then they start looking around and realizing it is and that's why i'm here because every day i meet new people i see great things and i work hard but i also feel very comfortable and relaxed and Scott, you brought up something about uh, knowing people. It's going back to the relationships. It's just like Scott's saying, if somebody goes on a tour and they're not interested in property, but then we create a rapport, who's to say that their mother-in-law, father-in-law, that their cousin or somebody else that's been down here didn't have good luck before working with a realtor. Now they feel like they've got someone that they're comfortable with, either through introducing them from Scott or myself meeting them too. So you never know who is going to be that person or how many people that they may have in their back pocket that may want to be investors as well. So if they do want to be an investor, how do they reach out to you if they're interested in getting property in Costa Rica? Yeah. Um, wonderful. It's uh, and again, like we said on the last segment, I couldn't believe this domain was still available, but it's as simple as Costa Rica investment properties.com. And then from there, when you click onto that within 10 seconds, it's going to pop up with a free ebook I'm not going to keep hounding you. There's not a massive drip campaign that's going to be following you. It's a book that you can read. It's 100% free. Download it. Again, Costa Rica, investmentproperties.com. And if you do sign up for that, if you're one of our listeners, make sure you let Kevin know that you heard about him from the Digital Marketing Masters podcast and get that little extra customer service from him. Yeah, and it's great because we want to, We definitely want to know who are, where our people are coming in from. It just really helps with the credibility as well. You know, we started the podcast originally. We were set up to record last year. We had a couple more people. We were going to have kind of a big group that we're going to talk. But the biggest problem that we have is just trying to get everybody in the same room to record. And uh, so, you know, we trimmed it down a little bit to just uh, me and Jeremy and then interviewing people once in a while, right? And once we got that down and we kind of got our process built, so Dan from Silent Outburst Productions does our editing for us. Then once we launched it, two weeks after our first episode went out without hardly telling a soul about it, someone I'd never seen or heard of contacted me on LinkedIn and they were like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I like the part about, you know, we should talk sometime. It's just amazing how you get on a new form of media and it could start to spread really quickly. That's one thing actually we talked about earlier that we're going to talk about here again briefly was that you have a radio show that you guys do there on Fridays, is that right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not my show. I, I'm lucky enough to, um, well, been hounding this DJ in the radio show for the last two years, two and a half years. And finally, January 11th, we launched the first episode from Hako. Um, why did it take so long to get down here? 
these guys were in other beautiful parts of Costa Rica, and they hadn't been to Hako for a while, and Hako was a little bit run down. Evan Luck, the DJ, uh, had not been here in years, and he came in. And he's like, what the heck has happened here? It is just so clean. I can't believe the cars that are driving around. You guys have a great new open-air arena where we can do the events at. So it's 5 to 7 here in Costa Rica. I think we're central time, mountain time. I don't know. Here, the time doesn't change. In Arizona, the time doesn't change, so I don't really worry about it too much. But we are on 5 to 7. And what we're doing is we're talking about the new Hako, what the changes are, how they've happened, why they're happening, what the expansions are going to be like, what the surf reports are, what upcoming events are going on tonight through the weekend. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a big launch for a new project that we're doing that's just going to be right down the street. And it's tying Hako Walk in together with a, a high-end luxury condominium complex that we're going to be building. We try to get guest speakers coming on and we get locals on as well. So it's really it's really helping out our community knowing that this radio show is coming in too. So crowd participation is really fun with it as well. That's great. You know, getting the local people involved also. And I mean, you guys are, you know, you live there. So it's, it's I mean, you're not original locals, right? But you still live in, in, in the mm-hmm. same place working, right? So you guys know the area and the, and the people and stuff. You interact with all the businesses and everything. Right. That's really good to be give back to your community and helps watch that community build right from your work. 100 yep we're, we're pretty excited about it i'm excited for a company retreat that can be planned at any time uh, i'm sure carrie rouse would enjoy that as well if uh we all just come and crash scott's pad for scott's got you know. plenty of room you can stay with him uh, perfect we actually we're talking uh, a little bit here and there about uh so we just started doing uh, some more in-person workshops and stuff in town around the kind of Portland, Oregon area. And once we get those kind of refined a little more and a few of the more of those under our belt, we want to do something like an intensive where we can get everybody together. We'll limit the seating. You know, maybe we'll do like 10, 12 people, get everybody on a plane, take them down to Costa Rica, work on their businesses every morning for three or four days. Then everybody can go like zip lining or go to the beach or whatever they want to do in the afternoon and have some nice dinners and stuff, right? And get to know each other. But, you know, everybody can have a little bit of a vacation, like a half work, half vacation and, and really learn some stuff that's really going to grow their business. But then at the same time, come down and uh, visit you guys in Costa Rica. Yeah, it, that, that'd be great. It, actually, I haven't even talked to Scott about this, but it was just on the phone yesterday with the uh, drummer from Tesla, uh, Troy Lockett. <laughs> And uh, his event coordinator got a hold of me on Sunday, went and met with him right away. Again, Jeremy, going back to answering the phones, I answered the phone. Nobody else was helping this guy, and I was down to see him in 20 minutes. So just by answering the phone, they're going to be hosting a a wellness clinic down here. A lot of these uh, ex-rockers, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, but they're cleaned up now. So what Troy's doing is he goes around with some of the ex-rockers from – from different bands and they do wellness retreats on how to eat better, live better basically and how you wow. can do it. Meditation, yoga and we're going to be doing that probably about 50 yards from where I'm at right now at the hotel resort called Dose Lunas. So those are places that we could get your group to come down to. It's a great part of the world. Sounds good. Well, we'll set it up and our listeners can uh, wait for that and uh, we'll let you know when we're going to be heading down to Costa Rica. Sounds great. We'll be here. Perfect. Well, thank you, Kevin and Scott, for joining us today. 
on the podcast. We appreciate you guys being here and sharing your knowledge of HACO and investing in properties and how marketing over borders can be difficult, but it can be done. Again, I appreciate it very much. So if you, the listener, would want more marketing tips, you can go to hookseo.com, click on the button at the very top of the page for weekly email updates on marketing and things that are going on in the marketing world. Again, that's hookseo.com, link at the top, and go to costaricainvestmentproperties.com and check out that free ebook that Kevin spent so much time putting together. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys next episode. All right. Welcome to the question and answer portion. So we've just got a few questions that we're going to answer today. So the first one is asked by Greg, should I be working on building my Instagram following more? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> do we do we want to elaborate on that or just leave it there? <laughs> Let's expand a little bit. So statistic, actually, I heard literally today from Digital Marketer, and I'm, I'm not positive where they got it from, but the statistic was that as of last month, which would be March 2019, 30% of the United States population was on Instagram. So if you would like to reach 30% of the people in the United States, then you should build your Instagram following more. Well, there you have it. Easy enough answer. Next question we got is from Janet, and she asks, is it okay to ask for reviews from people you work with that aren't your customers? This is a yes and no. (laughs) So it's against the terms of service for most review sites if you are not reviewing an authentic customer experience. So Mm -hmm. when you review a business, like if you review a restaurant, they expect that you have eaten at the restaurant. Right. But nobody's policing this. So I think it's fine if, you know, like one of our customers, we work with them for a while and they're good to work with. I'll go and leave them a review and I'll say, Jim the plumber, I use the plumber reference. Jim the plumber was fantastic to work with, and we've been working with him for a while, and everyone at the office is super nice. And I think they're one of the best plumbers in Hillsboro, and you should give them a try. So, just to clarify, if you're talking about your experience with the person, then it's okay. But if you're saying, I use these services, and you didn't really use those services, probably should steer away from it. Yeah. So, you don't want to lie and be like, Oh, Jim the plumber came and did all my plumbing work when he didn't. I'd just be honest about it, right? Oh, you know what? I've worked with them for a while. It's been great. You don't have to say you worked with them because you were their advertiser or, you know, you were their supplier. But you can say that if you want. Uh, Someone could flag it and get it removed, but how likely is that? It's pretty unlikely. Okay, cool. Uh, Next question we got is from Jen. And she's asked, should I use my personal Instagram account for my business so it has my family, kids, dogs, etc., or should I make a business account? So my thought on this is that you should make a business account separate from your personal account. But when you share something personal that's relatable, it's PG, right, it, it fits into your brand, then just share it on both accounts. So then keep your private one actually marked private because that means that other people can't see it unless you have approved them. Right. And then leave your business account for business things because then you're not always spamming your friends, you know, with stuff about your business. But I mean, if they're actual friends, they should be following your business and your personal one anyway. So, I mean, they don't have to, but you know, it's nice if people want to support you and your business, they should follow your business account also. But You cannot advertise on Instagram unless you have a business Instagram account. 
so if you have a personal and you're using it for business, it's great, but you can't advertise. You could convert it into a business account. Mm-hmm. So that's an option, but it's easier to just make another separate business account, attach it to your business Facebook page, and then you can advertise on both Instagram and Facebook. So that that brings me to another question asked by Merrick. Should I be advertising my products on Instagram or just on Facebook? Well, like we were saying earlier, 30% of the U.S. population is on Instagram. There's uh, People still think that Instagram is the things that they read in 2012, 2013, 14 about Instagram as younger audience and all this stuff. It's not anymore. So everybody's grandma is on Facebook so they can see all the baby pictures and stuff. Well, their kids are posting the baby pictures on Instagram now, so they're on Instagram too. Uh, and, I mean, that's not the only reason, but they're generational gap has shrank substantially and worldwide there's half a billion instagram users now wow so i would absolutely advertise on instagram and facebook and i can tell you from our experience advertising and you know we're running anywhere from 30 40 even fifty thousand dollars a month of facebook and instagram ads and Mm. a year ago our sales were probably less than 5% of our customer sales came from Instagram. Right. And now it's probably upwards of 17, 20%. Wow. So yeah, it's a big increase. And then the last one I've got here is from Robert. And he asks, is it all right to send an employee to network for my business? So this goes all the way back to uh, the Ryan Corbridge episode when we're talking about networking. So is it all right to send an employee instead of you going and talking? So your what's your thought on this one? I, I mean, I have my own thoughts on it also, but you're in BNI and you go to other networking groups. What do you think? Right. So I think, yes, as long as the person doing it portrays your core values and knows your business well enough to answer questions and speak with authority. So yeah. I don't think you should send somebody that you just hired because they don't know your business the way that you do. But if somebody's been with your company for a while and they can speak in the same voice that you do or the same voice that you've built for your business, then I think absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the same thing, it's nice to have the business owner or, you know, manager, but that's not always the case. And they may not even be the best person. A lot of times like a salesperson or an office manager, or, you know, if they have a public relations or marketing person may Mm -hmm. actually be a better person than an owner or one of the owners or, you know, CEO or something, especially in larger, larger organizations. So right. yeah, it may actually, in some cases it's better not to be the owner. Makes sense. All right. And that's all the questions I have, uh, unless you have something to add. No, I think that's good. And then uh, we'll see you in another 10 episodes. So get your questions in. You can uh, send them to support at hookseo.com. You can go, if you get our marketing weekly marketing tips newsletter, you can just reply to it with any questions you have, or you can leave them in comments on your favorite podcast provider. Perfect. Have a good day. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. In episode 11, we'll be joined by Carrie Rouse of Bark Cartons, and we're talking about elevating the status of pet businesses. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. 
We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.